Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. to the show and today you are joining me with my guest Kristen for part two of her true story episode. My older daughter in particular has asked if I can wait till they leave high school. <laughs> That's not fair to me, right? I mean, we're getting older. I want to be out there dating. So I tend to do it, you know, only like when they're gone, like every other weekend, I'll spend those weekends like out on dates or um, hang out. But, but it's hard right? It's really hard at this age with this much responsibility. Plus I just got a new job. So I'm finally back on wall street, resuming my old career, which is great. Cause I worked like a few years to get that back and I'm just busy. And so I've just feel guilty lately, you know, like I'm not giving anybody enough time. And so it's tough when it starts to back up on you. So you'll feel gu- you feel guilty for not giving your kids enough time. Is that is that what yeah, you're Yeah, they get enough time or I feel guilty that I'm not giving myself or somebody that I'm dating enough time. It's just it's that constant push and like they say all this stuff about self-care and taking care of yourself, but you know, no nail polish on right now because there has been no time for me. <laughs> like because I feel guilty that I feel like all my free time should be spent either with my kids or the person I'm dating. I'm just kind of like exhausted from it. That is completely understandable. I think you know, it's very common. So please be reassured that, you know, especially us mums, we do feel guilty. You know, if we sit down and watch a TV program, for example, without doing something at the same time, like labeling some school uniform or, you know, cooking the dinner or cleaning that part of the house we haven't quite done yet. Yeah, we feel guilty for taking time out. So it is really normal Kristen so please be reassured that you know there's nothing there's nothing abnormal about that but I think it is really important so maybe you know think about you know what are the benefits for other people if you did give yourself some you time right who would benefit from you having time on your own what would the benefits be that other people could benefit from I mean anybody around me because they'll see a much happier person on the other side so yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm. I was just gonna say I'm like on this treadmill all the time where I'm running, 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 and I just need to hit the stop button every once in a while for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know it's important to think about it. if you're finding it hard to take time out for you because you feel guilty. Then it's you know, the the idea of the question I asked you though is just to flip it on its head to say, well, you know, what do other people get from you having that you time? Because if you can see it not as a selfish act, but actually as a way of nurturing yourself will then lead to you being more relaxed. Maybe you being um, a bit more relaxed when the kids are around, a happier mum, as you said, you know, maybe you'll have more some time out for yourself. Then actually that is a benefit for the kids. So in some ways then it makes it a less selfish act. So hopefully you won't feel as guilty for doing it. I think though, if you're going to take time out it needs to be planned. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but it's hard sometimes to, in the moment, take the time out, unless you've said, right, on this day at the weekend when the kids are away, from nine till 12, that's my time. 
And then you think about, right, that's cleared in my diary. No one can say, oh, please, can I pop over? Could you do this for me? And it's set out just for you. And then you can get excited about that. Because I think some of the benefit of having time for you is the anticipation that you're going to have a few hours to yourself or maybe longer, maybe take a day, maybe take an evening, you know, and then you can start to plan it. And actually having something like that to look forward to when you're working so hard, when you've got the kids and all the demands that come to having three children, you know, especially at those ages where it's quite demanding, having that free time coming up can actually give you a little bit of anticipation of excitement and then actually make sure it happens because it's blocked out in your diary. So I think that's key. Um, Also with your relationship, I think it's really great that you're dating again. Uh, And I know what it's like sometimes because you've got to manage work, you've got to manage the children. Right. And everything else you've got going on in your life. And then you've got to fit this new person in. And then you've got being, I can see from you, you want to do your best for them. You don't want to let them down. So right. you're thinking about well, what do they need from me and how much do I need to show up for them? So I think it's just a bit of an exercise of shifting into what you want rather than reacting to what everybody else wants and deciding right. how much time do I want to spend with a partner? You know, Do I want to spend all that time or do I want to spend you know, some time for me and then some time for them. And if you can get a balance, then that time spent with those, with your new partner might give you a bit more quality time because you won't be so frazzled from no time for yourself. And then that time with him, you're a bit more refreshed. Right. Yeah. So like this weekend coming up, I'm trying to figure out like, what's the balance? Do I, you know, I do need time to myself. So I will carve that out this weekend, but it's been a tough one. Yeah. How much time specifically would you like for yourself? What sort of things would you do and how much time does that take? I mean, I need to go work out. That is the one thing that has fallen off is like, I just don't have time to work out and do stuff anymore. And I haven't watched shows that I like to watch. So I'm a binge watcher, (laughs) but I haven't even had time to binge watch a show in so long. Like it would be fun to just kind of sit in bed and watch shows for like three hours. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely brilliant. So, you know, this weekend coming up, what do you feel is the expectation from the guy that you're dating? So I would date tonight. I think he would like to have me the whole weekend, but that's just not going to happen. I just need to get things done around here that have been falling through. I was in Dallas last weekend for a basketball tournament with my older daughter. I just need to do stuff, right? So we'll figure it out. I, I don't know what the answer is. So let's work out what you need. There's you need three hours of a binge watching TV minimum. <laughs> yeah. Let's say four, maybe. What time you said you like to watch it in bed? Is that in the morning or in the evening? When do you no, like I to do that? Usually like midday. Usually like midday. And maybe I'll take a nap this weekend, which would be great. Because I haven't taken yeah. one of those in a long time. Awesome. And then to work out, how long does that take? Oh, it doesn't. It's it, like an hour. So. Okay. So we're talking sort of. Three hours for binge watching the TV, an hour for a workout. Yeah. How long for a nap? I don't know. I think he can have me for early evening and dinner. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. And then you've still got time to do some chores around the house and the things that right. you need to do as well. So perfect. Yeah. Take so, my day to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, the, the other side to this is, you know, if you're not as available 
he might find that more attractive, you know? Correct. <laughs> if you're always there and available, that can sort of mean that, you know, it seems like it's always on offer. Whereas right. actually, if you're just a bit busy and you've got a life too, that can make you more interesting and actually help build that relationship. So yeah. you never know, he might appreciate it. We'll see. Either that or he's going to get very frustrated by the fact that like, I'm still raising my kids. And honestly, I don't want to introduce them to anybody for a while. So it's just going yeah. to be one of those things where everything's kind of separate in my life. So have you worked out what you want from a partner moving forward, but also what you need? That's a good question. That's a great question because I'm starting to learn what some of the red flags are. And I want to do things differently. I'm petrified of ending up with the same type of personality that when I've gone back to look at what I've dated and then what I married, I've always dated sort of similar personalities. And that was always kind of comfortable for me, but I don't want that anymore. And so I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I mean, this other one is new. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know, um, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything. And I, I just, I guess I'm just going to figure it out over time. I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself this time around, and I'm not looking for a husband right now either. So I can take care of myself. I've gone this, like I've figured it all out. So I think I'm lucky in that respect that I don't have this, I need to be taken care of feeling. So it's got to be right. Absolutely. I was just, there was something that you said there that to me raised a little bit of a red flag when you said that you were a little bit concerned that he might get frustrated that you were still raising your kids. So is it important that your partner in the future is accepting of that and comfortable with that? Yes. It's a deal breaker for me. Okay, good. So knowing that that's a deal breaker is really important because when you start dating again, it can be more stressful if you haven't taken time out to really work out what you want from a relationship, which we all pretty much have an idea of what we're attracted to, right? So what, you know, physically, what's your type? Can you describe your type? Do you have a type? <laughs> it's funny because I just went on to like a dating website and nobody's my type. <laughs> so my type is sort of tall, handsome. I've never really dated anybody much older than me. So um, like one year older than me is really the most I've ever dated. Usually my boyfriends, like my college boyfriend was a year younger. My high school boyfriend was a year younger. I'm having trouble because everybody says I have to cast my net wide. And most of the people that are on these sites are, so I'm 51, are in their 60s. And I'm struggling with that. So it's like, it's been kind of funny. And then I know that I'm supposed to be dating a bunch of people, but I've never been that kind of type that can juggle or nor do I have the time. So it's been hard. I had accepted a few dates before I met this person. Then I started to decide that I wanted to maybe just see where this one goes. But now I'm like, maybe I should keep dating for a little while so I can figure out what it is exactly that makes somebody really special versus others does that make sense yeah absolutely I'm always at the beginning stages I mean before you decide to be monogamous with someone I think you have to keep more than one person so in your basket I like to call it you know so you've got maybe three or four people you're talking to because you know 
it's about at this point honing your radar which is important for you because you've always run the same pattern always attracted the same type of person as you said now that's just the way we're wired okay until we consciously look at our behavior and say hang on that might be what I want so like the physical attraction and the age thing and all that that's what you want but what do you need Kristen from a relationship because that will be different what have you learned from the past that means that you know, you think, gosh, you know, I'm going to learn that lesson. I'm not going to keep on making that mistake right. and going for that personality trait. Because if they have that, I know that there's no chance long term for me. Like, for example, you've already said that someone that would be frustrated with your kids, maybe didn't get on with your kids, that would be a deal breaker. Right. So that is uh, you know, something to really note down. And I don't know if you've listened to my podcast episodes about how to design your ideal partner, but this is something I think would be really beneficial for you. It's, it's about looking at what you want, which are the, you know, the personality, the, the looks and the height and the age and, you know, maybe education or, you know, financial situation, family. Do they have kids, not have kids? Those things. Right. Hobby, interests, values, you know, what's important to them in life. But then also people forget, and this is so common, you know, what do I need? What lessons am I banking from past relationships, I'm not going to keep making those same mistakes again. So it might be someone that lies or isn't open or maybe isn't emotionally intelligent or can't express their emotions with you. Um, you know, things like that, which are really key, like it has to get on with your kids. Now, when you do the ideal partner exercise, the important part and the safety net, which is why this is really important for you and anyone listening who's starting to date again. Because you've been through a really tough breakup and you've had your confidence knocked, it's important to, to have these safety nets set up. So the safety net looks like this. There's up to five must not haves. So that would, for example, in your case here, frustrated lack of tolerance around children, you know, or doesn't get on with my kids, doesn't appreciate I need time with my kids. OK, that is on your must not have list. There might be other things, you know, that you want to put on there. Now, I don't know if you can think of anything off the top of your head. Um, is there anything else that if someone showed that personality trait or that behavior, you'd be like, absolute no, I will not tolerate that? Yeah, somebody that like tells me, so I like to eat out. Like I like, because to me, it's socializing. Like when I was a mom, I'd be out all the time. So if someone gave me a hard time about that, it's a deal breaker for me. Like it's fine. You're not, you don't have to pay for me. I can pay for myself, but this is what I enjoy doing. I enjoy being social. So like anybody that didn't want to be out with me or didn't want to go to like, if we get invited to parties and they're always giving me a hard time about it, that would be really hard for me. But would that come under the category of controlling behavior? Correct. Because I tend to be with people that are controlling and you know, I love my father. My dad is like the greatest, but he is was very controlling with us growing up. And I think that I got so used to being controlled all the time and basically told what I was going to do. And I know he always meant well, but I think it's kind of translated into my relationships as an adult. Absolutely. And we often learn these kind of behaviors unconsciously from childhood. That's what we learn. Just like when we have children and we're going through tough times in our marriage, they're learning this is what marriage is. We do the right. same. 
So a lot of the behaviours and our coping mechanisms for difficult situations and how to resolve conflict will have been absorbed at a young age from watching our parents or you know other people close to us. So it's normal that you you feel comfortable with that because that's what you know and that is normal for you. Right. However, you know, being in a controlling relationship, you know, it depends obviously the extreme of it, but it, it can be abusive. It can be emotionally controlling and coercively controlling. That is abuse. So just because that's normal to you doesn't mean it's okay. Correct. So I would also flip that as well as one of your must not haves is controlling behavior. And I'd look at that maybe in a bit more detail. So you're really specific if it's, you know, what you wear, where you go, who you spend time with you know, all those things, if you can break those down, because I think as you start to work through what behaviors you find, you know, uncomfortable, you'll notice there's probably more than you thought there were to start with. Mm-hmm. And then flip that. And on your what you need, you need someone who appreciates your freedom. And freedom can mean lots of things. I mean, in this case, I'm saying freedom to be you, freedom right. to be you as you are, accepting you just the way you are. Yeah, we all have to make compromises in relationships. And that might, you know, compromises are things like, you know, you might prefer Chinese takeout. He prefers, I don't know, Thai takeout. So you have more of one or the other to compromise. Sacrifices, however, that's where long lasting problems can, can occur when you're having to sacrifice going out with people that you care about and those, you know, having those friendships and spending time and having your freedom. So Freedom to be you, I would say, is probably a value because of what you've been through that you value very highly. So looking for that with somebody, and if there are any warning signs of that, you deploy your parachute and you get the hell out straight away. This is not something to keep going at and see if next time it changes, because you know with your personality, you're highly empathetic and understanding. And so people that are controlling will be attracted to that because by nature empathetic people are more easy to control because they want to go along they'll understand you know I've fallen into that bracket too you know so you just have to be very careful that you're not sacrificing yourself so that other people can can assert what they want their opinions and values over you but those five must not haves are key because if any of those show up you are out of there okay and this is really important for anyone listening so this is your safety net. And this enables you to start dating whilst dialing down the risk. It doesn't eliminate the risk, obviously, but it just makes you more consciously aware so that you can spot the signs that maybe you wouldn't have spotted before, which is why it's really valuable to do this work before you get out there and before you commit to anyone. But like you said, it's great to have fun with Mr. Right now and not put pressure right. on yourself to find Mr. Right. But that still means you've got to protect yourself because Mr. Right now can still hurt you, can still let you down and dent your confidence if you're not prepared and you attract the wrong person for you. Yeah, I think I still need to prepare myself for what's out there. I'm definitely going to listen to your podcast on that because it's a tough one. I mean, even the guy that I'm dating right now, I've told him, you know, slow the boat. Like, I need certain things or this makes me uncomfortable but he had he continues to do the same things and um, that's becoming a red flag for me so you know it's a it's tough out there <laughs> okay tough. so it's becoming a red flag for you it is a red flag this yeah. is a red flag someone that is trying to put pressure on you to do things you do not want to do that's a red flag 
that is not normal behavior and it's not acceptable behavior. And I can tell you now, if he's doing that right now, this early on in a relationship, this is best foot forward time. This is honeymoon period. This is like, it should be good. This is their best side. You know, it gets worse from here on in. When people with controlling behavior, quite often they mask it because they don't want you to see, right? And it's a drip feed over a period of time. Because if they came in really harsh with you on the first day, as they may end up being with you over a period of years, you tell them to sling the hook and you'd be out. So it's a tactical thing to drip feed it slowly. So it's even more worrying from that perspective that he's making you feel uncomfortable so early on and isn't respecting you and your boundaries from the get-go. Because if he's not doing it now, he never, ever will. They are not going to change. You cannot change them. And I think this is something really common. He is showing you who he is right now. He is showing you that. See it and believe it. I think I'm going to run. <laughs> <laughs> I would cheer you on all the way. because <laughs> Back to match.com. Uh, <laughs> I think you've got more than just Saturday to yourself. I think you've got a Saturday night and Sunday morning too. <laughs> That's funny, Sarah. <laughs> That's funny. I would hope so. I would hope so. You know, when you get that feeling, where did you feel it? You know, you said it makes me feel uncomfortable. Where in your body did you feel it? Oh, I don't know, everywhere. It's like one of those things, like I'm a warm person, but there's an overkill to it. And there's like a too much, too soon, too whatever. It's just, you clam up sort of. Then it gets frustrating for me. Then I sort of get annoyed, right? So then I address it because I've become very good at communicating because I feel like I was shut down for so long that I couldn't communicate. And so I'm communicating well but then it's like the person's still not hearing it. And that's where I start to get super frustrated. And yeah, that's been and a then, Yes. And then when they say, well, this is what's good for you. Like, this is great. I'm going to show you what it's like to be cared for, but it's not the way I want to be cared for. That's becoming a tough one for me. Well, it should just automatically deploy your parachutes and you eject yourself from that scenario straight away. I would love for you to notice those feelings because you know, for anyone listening, if your body is doing that, and Kristen, you said everywhere you felt it, everywhere. Okay, this isn't just a gut feeling. This isn't somewhere a tightening of the throat or you just think, oh, I'm not sure. This is everywhere. Your body is like sirens, like the burger alarm in your body is going off. All the right. sirens are ringing. All the bells are going off. And you're going, yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. No. Trust it's so, your instinct. Trust it's so bizarre. Because like, I think most people look at me as such a strong person. But I get so insecure sometimes that I let people do things like that to me. And I don't know why I give them so many chances or make them give them so much rope to hang themselves with. I just, I don't know why. I'll tell you why, because you're a really nice person. You're warm, you're empathetic. I mean, I can see you because we're on camera as well. So, you know, and I can just see how lovely and sweet you are and thoughtful. And I can see that your empathy is there. So if someone is doing something, you don't want to upset them. And actually, there are so many reported cases of women that have put themselves in dangerous situations, which have led up to attacks, you know, even murders, because even though they felt uncomfortable, 
they didn't want to say no. They didn't want to. There was a, a, a lady who was raped and she said she was walking back from the shops and she felt a man behind her and she felt uncomfortable. And he came up to said, look, your shopping looks really heavy. Could I carry it for you? And she said, oh, no, I'm fine. And he said, no, come on, please. That would be upsetting for me if you said no. I'm, I'm, you know, I just want to help. I'm a gentleman. And so she didn't want to upset him, even though every single signal in her body was going off saying, this isn't right, this isn't right. And so she let him and then she got up to her front door. She said, okay, well, I'm fine. I goes, no, 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 come on. I'm a gentleman. I'll take it upstairs. And he attacked her when he got upstairs into her flat. But she said afterwards, she said, my whole body was saying no, but I didn't want to upset him. I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. So I'd rather suck it up myself than do anything about it to upset him. And I think quite often, you know, we are wired that way. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to upset anyone or offend anyone. And we will override our gut instinct. And so it doesn't make you, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't, this doesn't right. make you, you know, a, not a good person. You are, and you're looking for the good in everybody. But the challenge is there are people out there that are difficult people, as we talked about earlier, and their relationships only thrive with malleable people, people that they can get away with things that other people wouldn't. Like we all have friends where if someone doesn't show up on time on the first date, they're like, get out of here. I'm not interested. And you're like, well, give them a chance. They're like, no, no, my standards are here. Now, you know, that's quite extreme. But then there's people on the other end who are like, well, you know, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to understand and overcompensate for them. So I think, right. you know, it's not a negative trait because having that warm is a really good thing. But we've got to get your radar working and your instinct working. So you've got your own personal boundaries that you don't have to do that with everybody. Right. So interesting. It's interesting that like, even that my mind, even though, you know, somebody's doing something to you, you still want to not believe it. Right. But you still, like, even after all this time, I still don't want to believe it. It's just, mm. I can't. And that is really normal as well, because, you know, we want to believe in the fantasy and the fairy tale that everyone's good. And this could be the person. This could be the person that is going to be loving and caring. You know, ideally, we all crave love and connection. That's the number one human need. So we're looking for that in our relationships. So if someone dangles that and it sounds like, you know, he's promising to look after you and care for you. Right. You know. But could be, I don't know him, so I'm, and I don't know enough detail about Fine. it, but one of the classic symptoms of in the initial stages of an abusive relationship are, is the love bombing, where they make you feel looked after and loved and cared for and everything's amazing. They put you on a pedestal. So again, just some of those alarm bells are going off for me. And if it's making you feel yeah. uncomfortable, then And I've not- had the guy that I married um, that I had kids with when I went back and really explored that whole like narcissism thing idea and what they do, I fell into every category, every category. So it's just what I'm trying to prevent now. And and then I have a question for you. So are you of the mindset that once a cheater, always a cheater? Because honestly, I, I don't have a lot of patience for it anymore. Like, so if I know somebody left their wife and that they, cheated on them. I don't want to hear the, but this or, but that, like, to me, it's becoming a big red flag. Well, I would say, you know, there are some people that have affairs and it's because they were badly treated in relationship or that they felt unloved. There are lots of reasons, you know, and I'm not here to judge 
the right and wrong of an affair. So I have seen people that have cheated and there's been the underlying reasons which made that something that they did. Now, whether it's right or wrong, it, you know, there's no judgment. Right. But I would say that for you in your situation, why would you gamble getting your heart broken on somebody that's done it before? If they've got a history, why would you gamble? You know, you're looking for people that are not going to do that. And if you know they've done that in the past, in the back of your mind, that's always going to be a question mark. So I think looking at it from your perspective and to keep your safety net there, you know, these are things that you can filter out. Someone that's cheated before, someone that lies to you, someone that's controlling in their behavior, someone that makes you feel uncomfortable by forcing you to do things you don't want to do. All those things should be, okay, I'm out of here. I don't care how hot you are. I don't care how attracted I am to you. Right. I'm out because it's not worth me getting my heart broken. Which brings us back to why it's always useful to be talking to three or four people until you've really got to know somebody and got to, you know, as much as you can to the fact that, well, actually, there are, you know, obviously, there's a lot of decent guys out there. So, you know, you do have to kiss a few frogs and you do have to go on quite a few dates. Right. But there are good people out there, but it's going to take a bit of time. And you've got to take off your rose-tinted glasses. Okay. And you've got to start tuning into what's going on in your gut and your body and what your body's telling you. Right. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. It's easier <laughs> said than done. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> so now I've just left you with the problem of what to do on Saturday night, but I think that's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> <And> watch TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gather, well, gather my girlfriends around the fire pit. Absolutely. Okay. Sounds great. Well, has that been helpful, Kristen? Very, very. I think a lot of my listeners listening right now are going to be thinking, gosh, she's so strong. She's come so far. And, you know, you really are incredible. And hopefully your story will inspire people who are in the midst of it right now to know they can get through it and that other people have walked in those shoes. And yeah. that now, you know, there's still a little bit of work to protect yourself moving forward. And I think it's great that we highlighted that today because, you know, it is a, a common challenge that people face dating. But there are things you can do to make it just that bit safer for you. And to work on you as well, all this is good self-development work to work on yourself, learn these tools yeah. so that, you know, as life goes on, you can navigate because these people show up in all different places. You probably find some on Wall Street <laughs> because <laughs> I'm sure there's a view there. So, you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's beautiful tools to have. But thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for coming on today. It's been lovely to meet you. And thank yeah, you. keep going. Keep going. All right. Thank you very much. That's it for today's episode and I look forward to you joining me next time. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's gift. Thank you, and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Heartbreak to Happiness.